0: Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process and i'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life and Law podcast. Well, hello, hello there everybody. This is Heather Mulder, host of the Life and Law podcast. I'm excited to have you with me here today. Today's topic, we are going to go into something that I work a lot on with my business clients, and we're gonna go over business plan basics for lawyers. I've learned over time that most attorneys really don't do this a whole lot for their businesses, and you should, and we're gonna go into what a business plan is, why it's important, and the basic components that you need to think through to put a good business plan together. And the reason why I want to go through this, you might be thinking, "Ugh, this is so boring. It's about business. But look, regardless of whether you are in, you are a solo attorney or you're in a small to mid-sized law firm, whether you own your own firm or not, even if you're in a very big law firm and you just have your own practice, this is an important topic. And it's one I want you to really pay attention to. I find that a lot of lawyers shy away from financial stuff and accounting issues and a lot of the marketing stuff that we need to be thinking about. And we often come into this topic as, well, I went to law school. I'm a lawyer. I'm not a business person. I didn't take finance. I didn't take accounting. Or I did, but I just struggled through it. And you know what? That's okay. You don't have to be a genius at it, but you are smart and you can learn and it's really important that you do because no matter where you practice, if you are a private practice lawyer who wants to have your own book of business, my two cents is this. You need to see your practice as a business. It is your business. You want to understand where you're going why you're going there. You want a good roadmap for how to get there. And that is really what a business plan will help you do. It is your roadmap for getting you from point A to point B. Point B being the practice you actually want. One that is thriving. One that is sustainable. One that brings in not just gross revenues that you want, but brings you the income you want as well. So that means that you need to be looking at it not just from, you know, what you're billing and collecting, but what are your expenses? What are your expected future expenses? Where do you need to spend money to make more money? Where do you need to cut back on spending because it's not making you enough or it's not saving you enough, right? Right. These are all kinds of things that come into play. The other thing that comes into play when it comes to a business plan is really understanding your market. And you want to understand your market so that you know where you best fit into the market. Let me say that again. You need to understand the market that you are in or want to be in in a way that enables you to leverage your own strengths and skills to the best of your ability so that you can grow a thriving practice of your own within that market. That is also included in putting together your own business plan. All right, so hopefully I have you. Obviously, this isn't all that applicable to anybody who is in-house. But let me tell you, if you're not a lawyer and you have your own business, this is applicable to you as well. Because the concepts that we're covering here, although I'll be talking about them in respect of attorneys, apply to anybody who owns their own business. And I think this would apply to really any service pro- professional who is trying to build their own book of business. So listen up. I think you're going to learn something today. The other thing I will tell you is if you you are interested in taking this further, I have a free resource for you. I have put together kind of a checklist to putting together the right business plan. And it's going to cover the main topics that we go over today and some of the questions that you need to be asking yourself and answering in order to put a good business plan together. So be sure to grab it. I will have a link to that checklist in the show notes. All right. So first up, what is a business plan. Well, I've kind of already gone over it, but let's get a little bit more specific here. A business plan is basically a document that you put together that summarizes the things you want to achieve within your business on a long-term basis and how you want to get there, including how you're going to run your business, the market or niche you want to be in, the organizational structure, all of the above. It has your goals for the next couple of years, the services you're going to offer, your budgets and financial projections, and the strategies that you will utilize for how you're going to get there, including your business development, marketing, and sales strategies. So it includes a lot, y'all. The reason it is so important, well, it's important for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a really great management tool it forces you to think through a lot of important issues that you probably wouldn't consider, at least not altogether, for how you really wanna grow your practice, for the bigger vision that you want for your practice and your business and how you're going to get there. So when I say it's a management tool, it helps you think about what's the organizational structure. And if you're at a, at a firm and you are not, you know, the business, you can utilize this from the perspective of what's the what's the structure of your team and how do you want that to look, okay? You also utilize it as a roadmap. So it has that bigger picture vision and you kind of start with that bigger picture vision three, five years out and then you get to go backwards from there. And it helps you determine, okay, what should be my goals for this first year? So it helps you kind of put together those first steps. And then after you get that done and those first things achieved, you look back at your business plan and it helps you determine your next steps. Now, an important note here, any business plan that you put together is not going to be set in stone. And in fact, it is going to change over time. But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to put pen to paper and figure out kind of your bigger vision And go through all the steps we're going to go through today so that you have something to start with, something concrete that gives you a clear roadmap for the steps you want to take. And then you just want to have kind of check-ins, at least annually, where you look back at it and you tweak it. You course correct. You decide, you know what? I don't want that anymore. I'm going to change this piece of it. And then you change your next steps as a result. But I think I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. We often like to sit here and think, well, I need to think about this more. I don't know yet. No, 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 no. Clarity only comes by taking action. You don't really know what you want until you start to move towards it. And then you get a better idea of do I want this or do I not? Do I want something different? Do I want most of what I thought, but I'm going to change something? You're not going to know that until you start taking action and you go forward. So do not allow putting a business plan together stymie you, allow you to procrastinate on actually taking action. And where I see that happening is we get so bogged down in the details that we think we have to get it perfect. No. (laughs) Just remember, this is a bigger picture vision based on what you think you want now, and it will change over time as you actually take action on your plan. It will crystallize over time into something that you're more clear on. And understand also that oftentimes it crystallizes. You move towards it. Maybe you even get there and then you change what you want and you move forward towards a different plan. That's okay too. So it's a roadmap, albeit a changing one. It's a management tool. It's also a really great way to... Check in with yourself around what you really want. A lot of times we don't think through every, like the interconnected pieces of how our practice and business should work and look until we do something like this. So it is a great exercise to kind of pull back the covers, so to speak, on what it is you truly want. For example, I have a client who believes and has believed for a while that she wants to be the end-all be-all for all decisions. She is starting her own firm. We are working through putting together her business plan. And she doesn't want anybody else to be making big business decisions for the law firm that she creates, no matter how big it becomes. At least that's how she has been for a long time. But as we have continued to go through this process, she's starting to question that. Because what if she's on vacation? What if she decides to you know, go to vac- on vacation for a couple of weeks and doesn't want to be available? Who then will make decisions? Or does everything just come to a stop and no decisions get made while she's out? So these are the types of things that as you go through a business plan, you start to think through. What's the organizational structure? Who will make decisions for what? How do you want that to look? How do you want that to work? These are things we often don't think about. As we're just starting out, but they're really important to think through because when you know the answers to that question, then you can start from the beginning from the right mindset and structure things accordingly. And of course, again, it may change over time, but this forces you to really make some decisions and then just move forward on it. The thing you don't want is to not think about it at all and then a year down the road be presented with problems. Because you never even thought through it. Whereas if you had thought through it from the beginning, you already know how you're going to deal with some of this stuff and they don't become bigger issues or problems. The other thing it's doing, and hopefully this is becoming obvious to you, is putting together a business plan from the beginning really does help set you up for the right mentality, the right mindset. So You're not really just thinking about, oh, the what ifs, wouldn't it be cool? It forces you to make some actual decisions and become a real business owner and take some real steps. When you start making these choices, these hard choices about what I want this to look like, how I want this to work, then you realize you have to start setting something in motion. And it kind of forces you into making decisions more quickly, hiring people more quickly, and getting things done more quickly to. Get that plan in action. The other thing that a business plan is good for is if you are actually starting your own firm and you don't have your own funds to, for that startup, you are more than likely going to need to go to a bank for financing. A business plan is going to be a necessity for that. You will need to put together a proper business plan in order to get a line of credit or a loan to help with your startup and operational expenses. So that's a bit of, little bit of the basics of kind of why you want it, how would you would utilize it, and how to think about it. Now let's get into kind of the nitty-gritty things that go into an actual business plan. What is it that you need to think about? What do you need to go through? What are the components? So you're going to find – there's a lot of resources out there. And again, I highly recommend you grab my checklist for the major components that you want to think through and some of the questions that you want to think through so that you can start putting together your own. Whether you're looking at a business plan for a law firm or you're looking to create a business plan for some other type of business, they're going to be very similar. So most business plans have what's called an executive summary. And that is really just kind of a succinct summary of all of the components that we're going to go through. So we're not going to go through that Uh, Today, but just know that a business plan generally starts with that. You give kind of an overarching executive summary that summarizes all of the things we're going to go through. And then you take all of the components and you individually go through each of them more in depth. So that's what we're going to go through today. All right, so step one is your mission and vision. This is a longer term mission statement for your practice and business and also your longer-term three- to five-year vision. I like three years from now if you don't need to go longer than that for financing purposes. Your mission statement is really, why are you here? Who are you serving? How are you serving them? What's the benefit? What's your motivation behind it? Think through your values here and how they relate to the mission of your business. I think this is really important from a motivational standpoint for you because let's just be honest, having your own business is hard and you need some extra motivation. But also, this is going to help you attract the right people, people who also have similar values, people who care for the same reasons. And it's also going to help you create the right business for the right people and ensure you're going after the right type of clients. So do not skip this part. So you start with your mission statement. Then you want to create your longer-term vision. Again, three to five years. I recommend three if you don't need to go longer. I find that... Going three years out is far enough to create kind of a, to go bigger and create a real vision, long term vision, but not so far out that you feel like it's impossible or too far. And you want to start getting into the specifics here without worrying about whether you're getting it right, because again, it's going to change over time. But this is your guiding vision for the rest of your business plan. So the more thought you give to this firm vision, And the more specific you can be, the easier the rest of the exercise is going to be. So here are the things you want to think about when creating your vision. What is your industry? What's your niche? What are your desired practice areas? It can include where you are currently. It can include more, right? Where do you want to be? What are your desired client demographics, their size, their location, their niches? Their pricing preference, how they want to be served, how they want to pay, which then brings you into your actual pricing and services. So the depth and types of services that you provide or that your business provides through you, through other attorneys, through paralegals, that kind of a thing. And then what's your fee and pricing structure? And you need to think about, you know, what works for you from a values and needs-based decision. So (laughs) if you really hate billing by the hour, maybe you don't bill by the hour, right? What would make sense, though, within your industry and niche and the type of clients that you want? And ensure that you still make a profit. Also, when you think about services and pricing, you want to think, well, why hire you? What's the competitive advantage here? What's your secret sauce, your strengths and skills? And it's not just about your skills. It's about you individually and the values that your firm embodies and how they embody it. You're going to want to think about staff needs for this bigger picture vision. What attorney needs do you want to fill? Who do you need to support you from an attorney perspective? Do you need just you or do you need more with, on your team? to support the clients you want to support in the way that you want to support them. What about support staff? What kind of support staff might you need in this big vision? And then also think about your management structure. If it's going to be more than just you and one other attorney and a paralegal, you know, the bigger you get, the more you need to think through your management structure. Are you going to have an ability for partnership? If you're owning your own firm and you're going to bring on other attorneys, can they move up and be made partner? Are you going to be the head honcho and nobody ever makes partner? If so, what are the benefits to them? How are they going to get paid? How do you want to support people through benefits too? You want to kind of think through how this would look, how this would be structured, how decisions would get made, who would be making them. Are you going to need a financial officer? a CFO of some sort? Are you going to need a head of HR? You know, maybe you have big dreams for three to five years from now having 30 attorneys throughout the United States in numerous practice areas. Well, you're going to need more support staff for that. And you're also potentially going to need a CFO or head of accounting. You're going to need somebody to deal with HR. Like you are not going to be the person who can deal with all of that, right? So think through all of these things. And yes, if you are... In a big firm, and you're just looking at this from your own business, then you don't necessarily have to think through those things, but you do want to think through, okay, what about your own team? Do you need a couple of paralegals and a couple of attorneys who will work for you? And at what levels? And what will be their roles and functions? How will you handle it when they make partner? Will they go off and develop their own business and no longer be part of your team? Or will your team just grow and It will look different. It will be structured different. Decision-making will be different, right? So you can still think through these issues as somebody who's in a bigger firm. And you really should if you want a bigger practice. Now, it's okay if you don't. Maybe you just want a million-dollar book of business with you, one associate, and a paralegal. That's fine, too. But think through all of these things. What do you want it to look like and why? And how does that relate to your overarching mission statement, your values-based mission? Make sure your vision is aligned with your mission. Okay, so that's step one. Step two is to think through more fully the operational structure. You want to create a clear picture of the roles that will need to be filled and how decisions will be made again. You don't have to go as in depth if you are in a bigger firm and you're just looking at the team you want to put together, right? But you do want to look at, you know, who what's the makeup of the team? What levels should they be? Of experience should be they be at? What will be their strengths and weaknesses? What kind of strengths and weaknesses do you need covered based on who you already have? What are your strengths and weaknesses? How do you compensate for your weaknesses? How do you better leverage your strengths? And how do you get to do more of the things you like doing that leverage your strengths and hand off more of the things you don't like doing? And if you're going to hand those things off, you need to find people that enjoy doing those things, right? So you want to get really specific about that type of thing. Whether you are in a big firm just looking to build a team or expand your team or you're looking to build your own law firm. And when you're looking at strengths and weaknesses of yourself and current team members, you want to look at growth gaps. As your business grows, what additional roles might you need filled to support the demands of that? What support staff might you need to add? What new type of attorneys or industries might you need to support your growing practice? Define each role. How will you know you need them? When will you get to that point? You don't know necessarily the time frame, but how will you know you're ready that you have a big enough gap to fill those needs? Think about how much work would need to be coming in, how much you might need to be billing and collecting for that to to happen. Jot that type of thing down. These are important things to think through. Something else to think about, and this is especially for those of you who are in smaller firms or planning to grow your own firm, as you first start growing especially, how might you leverage external support? Something I find a lot with my clients is when they're first starting out to build their own law firm, they need more external support, e.g. outside servicers and contractors. So there's all kinds of contract services out there for VAs, for even attorneys to help. And then also, there are people that they partner with sometimes. So I have several clients who know other solo attorneys or small law firm attorneys that will do contract work for one another when they get overloaded as they are growing. They don't have enough work to hire somebody yet, somebody new, But they have too much work for the one or two or three people in the current firm to do it. And so they have a couple of people they go to to help out. So you want to think through those issues. Will I start with outside contractors for varying functions? How might that need change over time? And this doesn't just include attorneys. This can include executive assistants. This can include accountants and financial support billing and collections. It can be a lot of different people in a lot of different roles. Then the next thing you want to look at from an operational standpoint is when it comes to people I actually hire, what are my compensation and benefits going to look like? What is the salary? What are the benefits? What's the vacation time that I want to offer? Start at the end Like your bigger vision three or five years from now when you have the big book of business you want and the staff that you want. What's the perfect compensation and benefits package that you want to be able to offer? It's not where you have to start, but you need to know where you're going so that you can get there. Will you have a DEI policy? If so, what might that look like? What are the things you want included within that? How will people be developed? How will people be promoted? Again, will you have a partnership structure? And if not, how do you keep people long-term? How do you promote them internally if they can't ever be promoted to partner? What will their other benefits be? Maybe you have better work-life balance. Maybe you have a virtual firm that allows them to work from home all of the time. Maybe you have better vacation benefits. You know, What else will you have that will keep them there, that will make them happy? And then how do you want to get into your firm management and structure? You've already thought about this from a big picture. This is where you have to get more specific and start answering those questions. Will I be the go-to if I'm my own law firm? Will everything be decided by me? What other managerial roles do you want to have filled, if any? And what authority will each one have? How will decisions be made when you're not around, when you're absent for illness, When you're on vacation. Okay. Once you get through that, I recommend you move on to an industry and competitive analysis. And this is something I find a lot of attorneys just don't do at all. And you need to do it. And I even say to my big law firm attorneys, you need to do this as well. I ask some of these questions when I first start working with people. I have a big questionnaire before we get together for our bigger 90-minute session. That is a legal... Business development and marketing questionnaire. And some of the questions on there relate to this you know, who are your competitors? What's the industry? What's the analysis of the industry? What are your competitors? competitors do well? What do they not do well? Where are their weaknesses? Where do you want to be in respect of them? These are things that are really important to understand and know because they will help guide you to a much better strategy for marketing and business development, if you ask me. And they also will help you determine maybe where you might be able to get into a little bit of a different niche that somebody else hasn't fully gotten into. So you want to do an industry analysis. And to get started, just start with where you are. What is your current practice area? Is your current practice area growing? What opportunities are there and how might you take advantage of those? What additional areas would you like to be in that you're not currently servicing? What opportunities for growth are there within that area? Then get even more specific about current demand within your industry, growth opportunities and trends, and how to take advantage. Be honest. If you're not in a growth industry and what that means, maybe you need to pivot a little bit or a lot. Think through barriers to entry, potential issues that could come up as you grow, such a lack, such as a lack of brand recognition or maybe not having the right people before you get to a certain stage. You know, this is goes back to when you think through the types of attorneys who need to support you in what industry areas. You want to think through, okay, given that, how do I overcome them? How do I plan around them? And what is my messaging around these as I grow? Because sometimes you're just not going to have all the resources you need to meet your client's needs. And you're only going to be able to service them some. But you plan to be able to service them more fully in the future. How you will, how will you message around that? How will you deal with it? You also want to think through how does he economy impact your industry and your clients? How would you deal with a downturn? What is a downturn within your industry? This is really about identifying the strengths and core competencies of you and your firm that are going to help you succeed. And then also the impact of outside circumstances, demand, et cetera. You want to understand that. After you do your industry analysis, you then want to do a competitive analysis. A competitive analysis is going to help you gain a better understanding of your market, your place within it, and how to make yourself and your firm more distinctive. So, to do this, you want to consider the following Number one, who are your competitors? And do they compete with you across the board or only in respect of a specific service or type of client? Number two, How do your service offerings compare with your competition? How does pricing compare? What other differences and similarities are there when it comes to services and pricing? Number three, client demands. Do your clients use other firms? If so, what for and why? What do your clients say about your competition and how you stack up to them? Yes, you want to know these things, so you need to be asking And finally, management structure. What are your strengths and how can you leverage your own strengths within your structure? What are your competition's weaknesses and how might you exploit them? Now, not by going out and bad-mouthing them, but structuring your services, your pricing, how you meet client demands, that kind of a thing, in a way that really exploits others' weaknesses and shows you off as a strength. What might be your weaknesses and the weaknesses of your firm and the way you want to structure it? And how do you want to best handle them? There's always weaknesses. So figure out what those are and again, how you want to message around it and deal with it. All right. So after you go through your industry and competitive analysis, you want to move on to your marketing and growth. This is where you get into your marketing and your business development. So you first want to figure out what makes sense for you for you personally and you, your firm, or your team and how you market, network, and sell? What are your strategies? And I've got lots and lots of resources for you on that. I've got other podcasts. I will link to a couple of podcasts to go to for this. I don't want to like get too in the weeds, but get specific about the best strategies for you and your team members for business development and marketing purposes. Now, when you get into how to describe your marketing within your business plan, you want to take into account a couple of things. You want to take into account, obviously, the primary marketing and networking strategies and how this will enable you to get in front of your target market. You want to get into whether you plan to advertise or hire a digital marketing agency and the cost of that. You want to think through your marketing and advertising budget and how this amount shall be allocated between varying services and also in respect of the varying people. So if you are currently have your own firm, if you've got four or five attorneys and you're creating a business plan, there should be a budget for each person from a marketing business development standpoint. And then there also might be an overarching advertising budget if you advertise. You need to have quantifiable marketing goals. And you want to make sure you put in there your system or process for review and measurement. So are you measuring every six months? Are you measuring quarterly? I recommend at a minimum every six months, but probably quarterly. Having like, you'll probably have an annual goal, but then pulling back and saying, okay, what makes sense the first 90 days? And then you review and tweak and move forward for another 90 days. And then you do a bigger review for the past six months and tweak and move forward. You also want to think through, when it comes to marketing and, and BD, how you plan to distinguish yourself from your competition. Now, as you're thinking through your marketing, you want to think about, well, how am I utilizing that for growth purposes? What are your growth benchmarks? So remember, you have your big picture vision that's three or five years out. You got to move backwards from there. Where do you want to be three years from now from a revenues standpoint, gross revenues, You know, just basic collections? What about from a profit standpoint, after you take into account all of your expenses and payments, and what do you want your individual take-home pay to be? Given that, what's reasonable two years from now for those numbers? And given that, what's reasonable one year from now for those numbers? Now, please note, we're not establishing a full financial plan, but we're getting started on some, you know, putting some numbers down and determining, okay, This is going to give you a better idea of, is this reasonable? Does this feel good to me? Can I do this? And given all of that, given where you want to be, right, from a collection standpoint, what does that mean for you from your marketing and business development? How many new clients, cases, deals, depends on your practice, do you need to be bringing in? And what are your benchmarks for year two and then year one? Where do you need to be at each of those stages and then work backwards from there? Okay, so once you go through your marketing and growth and you've started to put down some very basic benchmarks, now it's time to get into the nitty gritty of the financial analysis and projections. So, a couple of things here. Note that this is absolutely required if you want to go get a line of credit or bank loan. If you're not borrowing money, or opening a line of credit for your business. You don't need to go quite as in-depth, but you should at least think through these things and put some numbers down for yourself. I know it's probably not your strong suit. It's not most attorneys' strong, strong suits, but you're smart. You can figure these things out. The one thing I would say is you need help. There are a lot of people out there that can help you with this. So don't go it alone. Get the help you need. So when it comes to creating projections, typically what you see in a business plan is both long-term and monthly projections. So you create annual projections broken down on a quarterly basis for years one, two, and three, and then you want to create monthly projections for your first 12 months, broken out on a month-to-month basis, of course. And when doing this, you want to start by looking at what are your current and projected costs and expenses of having a business right? Including take-home pay for you, other salaries of others, insurance, rent, taxes, marketing costs, accounting and bookkeeping costs, payroll expenses, professional dues, utilities, rent, I think I already said rent, contract fees, costs. What are all of those? What's going out the door? You also want to have a reserve for unanticipated expenses, write-offs, and collection lags. And then you want to really think through your assumptions when it comes to billings, collections, write-offs, et cetera. And think about how you're going to monitor and handle collections and payouts, your actual collections and expenses versus projected amounts. You need to keep up with it. Somebody needs to keep up with it. And it's probably not always going to be you. If you don't have somebody internal, you should have an external person who's helping you to look through this and give you monthly reports so that you can keep up with where you are. So once you go through those steps, you're basically going to have all the information you need to put together a business plan. Let me just be clear about something. You want to go through asking these questions, going through these steps, really laying all of this stuff out. And then what you do is you're going to take this information and put it into a business plan form so that it creates the roadmap you want and is something that you can give to investors or a bank should you need a line of credit and or loan. So the business plan itself usually has a couple of things, well, more than a couple of things, but usually has varying sections. First, it has your executive summary, which we mentioned earlier, which is really a summary of all of the things. Then it has a very basic firm description, what your firm does, your industry, your niche, the clients it serves, that kind of a thing. Then it has a market analysis. This is where that market and industry analysis comes into play. It also will usually have a section on the specific services you provide and your billing, how you bill, how you collect, that kind of a thing. It will have an organizational and management overview, who makes decisions, how decisions are made, how management is done. It will then have a marketing strategy. That's where your marketing and business development comes into play. And then you get into your financial plan. Sometimes you will also need a separate startup kind of budgeting. If you're a startup trying to get financing, sometimes that is included in the financial plan. Sometimes they can be separated. They can be put together. But that's kind of the basics of what a good business plan is going to include. And all of the stuff we've been over and that I talked about, those steps, will have the information you need to kind of put into those sections couple of final notes around the business plan and why to have one. It gives you something concrete that really breaks down where you're going, what you want your future to look like, and helps you determine your short-term goals and the steps for achieving those things. It also helps to give you motivation as long as you're continually working towards it and you don't just like Stick it in a drawer somewhere. There's no point (laughs) in creating a business plan and putting it in a drawer and never looking at it again. But if you're looking at it, you're working towards it, it helps provide the motivation for the why, the why behind you're bringing in a new client, the why behind you're doing the marketing, the why behind you're working a particular number of hours in any given week, which then, because you have that motivation, will help keep you more accountable to doing the things you know you need to do to bring in the client's to make the collections, to reach out and say, "Hey, why haven't you paid your bill?" And then of course, as we said at the beginning, it serves as a tool that you can share with others, with potential partners that you might want to bring on, to show your long-term vision and goals and how you think you're going to get there, with investors, with a bank, and within your firm. So if you're within a if you're in a big firm and you do this for you and your team and your practice group, gives you that roadmap for that group, for where you see it going, and creates a clear vision for your firm that they can follow and see what you're doing and why you're doing it. Again, for anybody who is in need of creating your own business plan, be sure to get my checklist. It will help you go through each step we talked about today and the questions you need to ask so that you can create your own and gives you kind of that basic outline of how to put it together. And then be sure to check out the other episodes around business development that I've talked about. And I've got other resources within those episodes as well if you need help with the business development piece. All right. That is it for today. We will be back next week with a guest. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you want to get to the next level but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.